Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Let me get my uh, technology going here. The, uh, <clears throat> the last message I preached week before last was uh, on one of the uh, famous characters and stories of the Bible, David and Goliath. Tonight, <clears throat> I'm also going to preach on another familiar character and story uh, from the Word of God in the Old Testament, <clears throat> and I'm going to talk about Gideon tonight. <clears throat> He's the guy they've named the organization after that leaves Bibles in hotels all over the world, the Gideons, Gideon Bible, <clears throat> and just in introduction, I'm going to do something that I wouldn't normally do, and I'm going to tell the end of the story first. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know if, if I'm watching a movie, and at the beginning of the movie, the main character's dead, and then the rest of the movie goes to, to let us know how he got dead. I know. It's bad English, but you, all the way through that movie, I'm thinking, well, what's the point? I know the end. I know how this ends, <clears throat> right? I, uh, <clears throat> I haven't read a novel in a long time, but when I did read novels, <clears throat> I'm not one of these guys that flips to the end of the book and will read the ending and then go back to the beginning because it's, it's like, well, I know how it ends, right? I do watch some sports. Uh, Cindy and I are into watching golf, but we don't watch like normal people. <clears throat> I, I have DVR, and so I DVR any kind of sports thing that we watch. Uh, golf, they'll, these, uh, uh, on Sunday afternoon, when you watch a golf tournament and the, and the ending of it, it'll be five to six hours long. Not for us. And I see, I know a lot of you think watching golf, how boring. I'd rather watch paint dry. But <clears throat> not the way we watch it. Because I zip forward uh, just to the guys that I want to watch. And I go through just to where they hit the ball or, or putt it, you know. <clears throat> and so we get through it. But, but I don't, any kind of sports, whether it's football, golf, whatever it is, if I already know the end and who wins, then I feel it's just, I'm weird that way. <clears throat> no, I, I, never mind. But I, I think, you know, I already know how this is going to, I don't want to go through the whole rigmarole <clears throat> of watching how it gets there. Now, I realize just now, as I'm telling you, I'm going to tell the end of the story first, and then I talk about how I hate all of that. <laughs> that it's probably not the most productive thing possibly to start a message out on. But <clears throat> I'm not going to spoil the story by telling the end first. That's the real point. The, the real story <clears throat> of Gideon is how incredible it was that God was able to do what he did through this guy. And as we get into this message, I just realized I need to set something else in my technology. So just converse among yourselves for a moment. 
There. Now I'm back. Look at somebody and say, he's back. <clears throat> You're going to see in, in, a, in just a, a moment <clears throat> uh, how incredible it was for God to have used this guy, Gideon, uh, when, we, when we get to the beginning. But the end first, the end, I'm just going to uh, give you a real brief um, uh, ending. Uh, and so there was this army of 135,000 that came against Israel. They were ripping everything off that wasn't nailed down. In fact, they were probably prying up stuff that was nailed down and, and stole it, the crops, the, the uh, livestock, everything. <clears throat> and Gideon, with only 300 men, <clears throat> whipped all 135,000 of them. Now, that's not entirely correct. God, Gideon, and 300 men whipped all 135,000 of them. <clears throat> it's a really great story. It's written in Judges chapter 6 through 8, through 6, 7, and 8. And I would encourage you to read the whole story. It's just a, a, a really interesting story in the Word of God. And we're going to now... Uh, that we know how it ends, look at the beginning of the story. And, and my purpose tonight is, is I really believe God's going to encourage us in our believing. <clears throat> we need to believe bigger. You and I as God's people should not have low expectations. <clears throat> and I, I find myself, I, at times, I, I chide myself for having too low expectations. And, and so I want to encourage all of us, and myself included, uh, to believe God for bigger things in my life, in your life, for our lives, in our church. Let's believe in a big God who does big things. <clears throat> and so I want to encourage us in this portion of Scripture that we're going to look at and, and through this message in our believing. <clears throat> Judges chapter 6 Verse 11 through 16 says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, that guy, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. <clears throat> now pause for a moment. Just that should be greatly encouraging to Gideon, wouldn't you say? <clears throat> Angel appears to him, says, God is with you, you, and calls him a mighty man of valor. <clears throat> this is Gideon's response. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord. And you gotta, you gotta kind of, recognize and pick up the emphasis. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, uh, which our father told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites." Then the Lord turned to him and said, 
Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. The title, I've titled this message tonight, If, Why Then? And it's from verse 13, as Gideon says, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Now, I was really tempted to have a lot longer title than this, but I narrowed it to if, why then, for Cindy's sake. She does, she prints the CDs out, and, and so uh, she would get kind of irritated with me probably if I had given her what I really, this is what I wanted to entitle this, is <clears throat> Gideon's reactions. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all his miracles? The Lord has forsaken us. How can I? My clan is the weakest, and I am the least. <clears throat> now, if I had told Cindy that was our title to put on the CD, she would have probably been a little aggravated. <clears throat> she would have done it in like a, a three-thought <clears throat> to make it fit. But... I didn't want to get her aggravated because no one wants their wife aggravated with them, do we? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> I titled it, If, Why, Then? It's almost laughable <clears throat> that Gideon, this guy, the angel called him mighty man of valor. <clears throat> Now, I have to pause before going on with this to point out something. The, the guy who had all these questions bordering on insolence, the guy who was so discouraged and doubting was the one God is, was going to use to bring about one of the greatest victories in the history of Israel. And my point in this whole message is to encourage any of us who might be struggling in our faith or in our believing. Ever been there? I believe God is going to help us believe that he can do something powerful in, for, and through us just like he did in Gideon's life. Can somebody shout, I believe it. I want to look in, in just opening here with when we're disappointed in God. If you didn't pick it up, Gideon was pretty disappointed. He says, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened? Where are all his miracles? The Lord has forsaken us. You know, that's pretty bold to speak to an angel, wouldn't you say? It shows the depths of his discouragement and his disappointment. And we know what it's like tonight in our life. We have uh, in the Word of God all of these promises, promises for our health, promises for provision in our life, promises of God's peace 
ruling and reigning in our life. Uh, uh, so many promises in the Word of God, but sometimes in our lives, we can almost feel like they're delayed. One of the most frustrating things uh, is God's timing and ours can be totally different. <clears throat> Hebrews 10.36 says, For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. We are not real good with patience, are we? We're better with now. I'm better with now. I like now. I am thankful that sometimes our answers to prayer come now, like Boom, like the, you, you, as soon as it's uttered, boom, there's an answer, right? I like that. It doesn't always happen just that way. And so uh, we have difficulty with patience. I have difficulty with patience. I, there's a bank here in town. I won't say which one. It isn't the one that's just up the street or the other branch. It's another, it's a bank uh, uh, on, in a different part of town, and we have an account there, and occasionally I had to, to uh, uh, deposit uh, uh, a check at that bank, and I'd go through the drive-in teller. I am telling you, they are the slowest, I won't say, I won't mention names, but they are slow. I mean, it's, it was incredible. I, uh, I, I would pull up, be the only one there, and it would take like five to seven minutes just to deposit a check at the drive-in teller. And that seems like extreme to me. Now, I wasn't rude to the, I wasn't, and it happened again and again. It wasn't just, it was just like we're an afterthought out there in the drive-thru. Yeah. Any reasonable person would get up off their rear ends out of my car like me and go in and deposit it there, right? That's probably what you're thinking. Now, on, on, on hindsight, I think it's probably good advice. But anyway, it's, it, I would be uh, not rude to the teller. I, I would be kind and all that. I wouldn't complain to them about the amount of time it took to deposit. I didn't complain to them, just to you guys, everybody. <clears throat> because waiting is just not something we like to do. Uh, now I can deposit it, uh, take a picture of it on my phone and deposit it that way. It's just wonderful because it's Boom, now. I like now. I like now deposit, that kind of thing. I don't, uh, microwaves, I appreciate uh, microwaves and how they work, but I'm telling you, I, I am strange in some areas. And, and waiting for the microwave to heat up whatever it is, a cup of coffee or, or food or whatever it is, I'm standing there waiting at the microwave, and I can actually feel anxiety watching. And... Oftentimes, I will interrupt it uh, before it reaches the last several seconds because I get frustrated waiting. <laughs> kind of gives you an insight into my psyche, doesn't it? It's kind of weird. My point in saying these is, uh, is that we, we don't like waiting, and it can be especially true when it comes to God. 
I think one of our biggest gripes is our time and God's time don't always sync. Don't you wish God's watch and yours were synced? In movies, uh, uh, when spies were going to do a mission together, they, would, they used to sync their watches. And that's what I want. I want God's watch and my watch synced. Yes. You know? That's how I want I want it synced. Okay. And it's like, Okay, God, at exactly 11.59 uh, Sunday night, I need an extra $1,000 deposited into my checking account or, or Monday morning, it's not going to be pretty. That kind of thing. See, the truth is, though, tonight, if God did everything in our timing, you know what would happen? Lots of things would get messed up. <laughs> they would. In Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, part of what God's thoughts being higher than ours is that he has the advantage of seeing how things are going to play out in the future. God has perspective. He takes the longer view. And, you know, you and I, we are more kind of like getting through any difficulty or problem that we have uh, uh, in the immediate, as soon as possible, like now. Somebody say now. now. But Hebrews again reminds us, for you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, I want you to say with this with me tonight. I have need of patience. Can I tell you something tonight? God has not forgotten about us. He has not lost track of time. But like Gideon, sometimes we can become discouraged when the answer doesn't come in the time that we think it should come in or in the way that we think it should. In Psalm 77, this is, a, this is an incredible portion of Scripture, and I want to read it tonight. In Psalm 77, verse 7 through 14, the psalmist starts out this way, and he says, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Now, that's pretty despondent, isn't it? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Selah. That means think about it. Then I thought, see that break, he started thinking about it. Selah, think about it. He thought, to this I will appeal. The years of the right hand of the Most High, that's the strong hand of God. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Whoop, I, there we go. <clears throat> I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O God, are holy. What God is so great uh, as our God? You are the God uh, uh, who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. Now, 
in this portion of Scripture, did you catch what happened in these verses? There was a transition from doubting and despairing to hoping and believing. In our story, Gideon had been discouraged. He said, if God is really with us, then why has all this bad stuff been happening? Most of us have been at that place at times in our life. Some of us may be there tonight, and that is this. If the Lord is really with us, then why has all this happened? And Gideon seemed stuck in what God hadn't done. Things had been bad, they'd been bad for a while, and it was hard for him to see them being good again. And tonight, you and I have to remember this. If things are bad or things get bad, listen, they can get good again. I've seen this in my life time and again since I've been serving God. There was one time in particular several decades ago uh, where I thought that I really, and I just kind of resigned myself to a place where I thought I would never be truly, fully happy again. Uh, I, I, was gonna, I had determined I was going to serve God. I was going to continue to preach the gospel. Uh, I was going to raise my kids to, to serve God and, and show an example of serving God. But, and then I was basically just going to wait until Jesus comes. <laughs> Hold out until the end, you know, that kind of thing. But listen, in January of 1999, I was in uh, the prayer room back, my prayer room, what I call my prayer room back there in the back. I was in my morning devotion time praying, and I had God impress me with a thought that was so profound, and this was the thought, and God spoke to me in my heart. It wasn't audible. It was in my heart, but it was very distinct, and God spoke to me in my heart and said, this year, I'm going to blow your mind. And so I don't have God speak to me, and I've never had God speak to me that before or in that particular way. Uh, usually God, when God speaks to me, it's through his word or, or impressions that I feel, but never something that it was, it was so distinct and, that, that, and, it, and it was so real in my heart that when I got finished with prayer, this was before Pastor Howard had passed, and I went into the office, and I told Howard and John both, I said, God just dealt with me in my heart that this year he's really going to blow my mind. And so uh, in the summer of that year, Cindy came out from San Diego to visit Rudy and Sandy Shelton. We met fell in love, and you know what? Life began to get really good again. <laughs> and he did. God blew my mind. And so listen, and please remember this. When things look really bad, God can make them really good again. And this leads me to what I want to talk about for the just the last part of this message, and that is this. Right? 
Don't stop believing. That's, uh, that was journey, but this is what Jesus said, or, or the Word of God says in 1 John 5, 13, these things, now look, look at what he writes here. John is writing. He says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You get what he's saying here? This is, this is really cool. He, what he's saying is, I know you believe, and tonight in this place, we're in a room full of believers, aren't we? We believe, don't we? But what he says is, don't stop believing. I know you believe, but continue to believe. In Hebrews chapter 10, 35 and 36, he encourages us, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience. You know, sometimes when we're going through it, we can be tempted to just kind of cast away our confidence in God. We are, we are, we are fallible, aren't we? You and I have short memories. There are times in all of our lives where God has done something so profound where we probably had this thought, and that is, God, because you did this, I'll never doubt you again. I've had those times. I, I can remember one right after I got saved I, uh, when Don McCamish, evangelist Don McCamish, was preaching. It was the first time I'd ever been called out. I prayed on the front row of the church that night in my heart, God, I need you to speak to me now. And you know what? God answered it right then. It wasn't out loud. He couldn't hear me. My lips weren't moving. And Don McCamish pointed right at me after I'd prayed that prayer in my heart and said, young man, I was young back in those days, <laughs> 1975. And he said, God has a word for you. And he spoke a word right to my heart, right to the experience of what I was going through at that time. And in my heart, I remember after that, I thought to myself, God, I'll never doubt you again. That was uh, 40 four years ago, and I would be lying to tell you that I've never had a doubt since then. I've never had my confidence shaken in the Lord since then. There have been times where faith is a fight tonight. It is an ongoing struggle at times, and there is an effort that we put into it to believe and to continue to believe, not to stop believing. But we can have such short memories, and we forget about what God has done, and, you know, we run into some problem or difficulty, and our confidence can just kind of go poof. And so we've all had times like that. And I want to remind us again something, and that is this. Don't stop believing. We should not stop believing. In, in Jesus' time on earth, one of the great stories of the New Testament, uh, I believe Pastor Poole uh, mentioned it several weeks ago in preaching about this uh, uh, 
uh, guy, uh, Jairus, uh, whose little girl was about to die, and he came to Jesus, and Jesus was going to go with him, was going with him to, to pray for his little girl. And so as they're going, they got interrupted by this woman who need healing. She said, if I can just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. She broke through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment. She was healed just like that. Jesus stopped, recognized it, called attention to her and said, your faith has made you whole. And after all of this interruption, now a servant from Jairus's house comes and says, don't trouble Jesus anymore. Your little girl has already died and it's, it's over. Don't trouble him anymore. And Jesus, can you imagine this man as his little girl, he just got news, his little girl has just died. Can you imagine how devastating it was to him? and how crushing it was to him. And his emotions inside are all in turmoil. But Jesus knows what he needs to hear, and it's what we need to hear. And Jesus spoke as soon as he heard that word about the little girl who died. He said, Jesus said to him, don't be afraid, only believe. And he said that because with God, even when it seems too late, it's not too late. <laughs> See, there are times in our life, there have been times in my life where I've thought like, well, it's, that's just it. It's, it's, it's too late. But God, with God, it's never too late. He's a, he, Jesus is all, all about, and the gospel's all about resurrection. And so in our lives, we need to keep believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Some guys came to Jesus one time and said, what, what, what might we do? What work shall we do that we could work the works of God? And a lot of us sometimes, I think we wonder the same thing. What do I need to do, God, to see you do more in my life? I want to I see more miracles. I want to see you move in my heart and my life. I, I want to see you use me, Lord. What, I, want, I want to see uh, uh, your glory and, and you touching people in a greater dimension. I want, I want my life to be significant, right? We have those thoughts and we wonder, what shall I do that I might work the works of God? And Jesus spoke to these men and speaks to us and says, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. And so what do we do that we might see more of God in our more prayers answered, more miracles, more of God moving in us, more understanding of God and his will, all of that. What might we do? This is the work of God that we believe. Everything in the Christian life is tied to believing, from getting saved, to getting delivered from stuff, to being healed, to being provided for, to having peace in our lives, to having purpose in our lives, uh, to living a clean life, to living a life of righteousness. Listen, that will never happen by willpower alone. We will never will ourselves or just uh, purpose ourselves into living a life acceptable to God. We can only do it 
by grace and by trusting in God's help, God's enabling. There are habits and things in our lives that we may not be very proud of and we want off and to shake loose. We will never get free in our own ability or in our own willpower. And that's the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He shed his blood for forgiveness and for the power and the ability to be able to live a life pleasing to God. We will never do it on our, in our own ability, in our own might. We will never uh, be able to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish in our own willpower, but he works in us. He works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Everything in our life is tied as believers to believing. Say, I'm a believer. There are lots of needs here tonight, lots of need, and all of that need and the ability to have those needs met is linked to believing. God spoke something. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this to a conclusion. We're going to pray before we close out tonight. God spoke something to Gideon that I think is the most powerful incentive for us to keep believing. Remember, this guy had been so discouraged. He had been disappointed in God, wondering why all this bad stuff had happened and how could things ever get better. And the Lord spoke to him in verse 16 and said, the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. Oh, I tell you, that's beautiful. Uh, God spoke to him in the, in, the, in the depths of his discouragement and disheartenment, and God spoke exactly what he needed to hear and what we need to hear, and that is, I will be with you. Surely, I will be with you. Say, with me. Say, God is with me. Say, I believe God is with me. See, over and again through the Bible, when God challenged someone to believe for something that was far beyond their capacity or ability to pull off, he would say this to them, I'll be with you. He said it to Moses. He said it to Joshua. He said it to Jeremiah. He said it to the disciples. And he said it tonight to us. We need to hear his word. As we close this tonight, we need to hear it, and that is, I'll be with you. He said in Matthew 28, verse 20, he said, I am with you always. Say always. God's with me always. And in Hebrews 13, verse 5, it says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I cannot tell you how many times I have leaned on that promise. Uh, so often in my life, when things just seem weird or whatever's going on, I can hear God speak into my heart and spirit. Uh, he, he will never, sometimes when I just feel blah spiritually. You ever been there? You just feel like you're not really hitting on all uh, four cylinders, six or eight or however many cylinders you got. You you're, 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 it feel like you're missing it somewhere, like things aren't, you're just not connected like you used to be. There are times where I feel that in my own self where I just don't, man, I just don't know. I just feel like I'm not all 
connected to God like I should. And I'll hear these words. I don't have to worry about whether God has forsaken me. He has left me because he has pledged by himself that he would never leave. He will never forsake. And you know what? It brings me out of that funky feeling, knowing that God is with me. God is with us. We're born again. God is with us. And our response to that, I will never leave you or forsake you, is Hebrews 13, 6, so that we can boldly say, boldly, we proclaim it. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Tonight, faith is, is never a denial of reality. And so, uh, the, the angel, when he appeared to Gideon, didn't say, well, you know, you, what, what, are you, you, what are you doing, Gideon? What do you mean you're the least? And what do you mean God's forsaken you? How could you think God has forsaken you? And could have just beat him up. He's already beat up, wasn't he? in his heart and spirit, and God just said, surely I'll be with you. Surely I'll be with you. Faith, he didn't deny what was going on. Faith's not a denial of reality. Listen, our belief is in a greater reality, and that reality tonight is ours, and that is the Lord is our helper, and that's our reality. God is with us. He's our helper. That's our reality, isn't it? And the more we focus on that, the more we make that a part of our belief system, then all the other stuff that's going on, the, the real things, the troubling things, the bad things, the, the difficult things, the things about ourselves, we wonder, how am I going to, how will I become a person of significance? All of that is covered under the banner of our trust in God being with us, and being our helper. Thank God for that. He's our helper. I want you to say, I believe, I believe. the Lord is my helper. He's here to help us tonight. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Nobody looking around for a moment. If you need his forgiveness, you've never been saved, or you've been away from God, and tonight you want to be remembered in prayer as we close this service out. Uh, prayer for forgiveness. Just nobody looking around for a moment. Just slip your hand up where, and just say that hand lifted up. Would you include me in this prayer? God bless you. God bless you. I see honest hearts. Amen. Bless you tonight. God bless you. Amen. Uh, you know, there are so many other needs here. There are those of you that need a touch of God, those of us that need a touch of God in our bodies. We, we need maybe God's provision or uh, just an, uh, a sense of God's presence. Listen, the more we focus on his promise to be with us, the more we'll sense his presence with us. I know that sounds very simplistic, but it's so true. The more we focus on his promise to be with us and not doubt that, we shouldn't doubt it. He promised it. He pledged it. I will be with you, and I will be your helper. And when we focus on that, then we'll sense that more in our life. We'll sense more of his presence. We'll sense more of his help. And so tonight, I want us to stand. We're going to pray together. 
And as we pray, we're going to first pray a, a prayer of forgiveness for those who have lifted their hands. We're going to all repeat this prayer together. And then I just want to pray a, a blanket prayer over us all for whatever need is here tonight. And we're believers, aren't we? We're believers. God is our helper, and he's going to help us right now. Right now. Thank you, Jesus. Presence of God is thick in this place, and his ministering presence is here. Would you just pray this with me? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me, for my forgiveness. You shed your blood for me. Thank you for being my helper. Thank you for never leaving me, never forsaking me. You are my helper. I need your help. I need your healing. I need your provision. I need your encouragement. I need your presence. And for me to recognize your ongoing, indwelling presence. I declare, I believe you are my helper and you're helping me now. Thank you in your wonderful name, the name of Jesus, amen. Now would you just thank him for his help? Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you for providing. Thank you for encouraging. Thank you for making your presence known. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.